Hi, everybody. Well, it is time for another Awesome Women podcast. And today we have the fabulous Vanessa Lambert joining us. Hi, Vanessa. Hey, Amanda. Thank you so much for inviting me on. My pleasure. Now, I've got a little bio here about Vanessa, so I'll give it a readout and then we'll start to find out a little bit more about you. So Vanessa is a tradie wife, mum of three, sometimes four, full-time workaholic, having co-owned a trade business for the last 14 years. You understand the trials and tribulations of working with your partner. Throughout the years, you've made mistakes, been stressed and worried beyond um, it means and learned a lot about yourself, husband and your business. Funnily enough, the main learning has transpired into your current role as National Customer Success and Services Manager at Hazard Co. This podcast is sponsored by Ostworld, Australia's most trusted name in wholesale plumbing solutions and proud supporter of awesome women in construction. So you know all about the industry, what we love and sometimes what we don't necessarily love about it. Yep, been around the block a bit, Amanda, <laughs> and um, I've definitely seen my fair share of fun and games. Yeah, it's not sure. only corns and roses, but we'd love it, right? We wouldn't be anywhere else. Hundred percent. I actually fell into construction. So obviously, the um, you know we've we've owned the electrical business for fourteen years. Yep. Um, I have worked in it for the entire time in various um, different roles, I guess you could say, and at various different capacities. So obviously I work full-time now for Hazard Co, um, but I still have my fingers in the pie when it comes to our um, electrical business. I guess the difference is the evolution from where I was in the beginning to where I am now and why that um, I landed here. But um, yeah, have three kids and they're now a little bit older than when we first started the business. So an almost 13-year-old, a 10-year-old and an eight-year-old, um, two boys and a girl. Nice. So a little more sufficient on themselves. You know, they can get up and, you know, get a drink, get some, turn the TV on, that sort of stuff. And Hopefully, yeah. yes. That, yeah, <laughs> I think I would have failed. I might have failed as a mother if they're not that self-sufficient at this point. <laughs> no, it's all good. Now... You said you fell into construction. I think most of us listening here today have in one way or another. None of us woke up and went, yeah, let's do construction. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but what are some of the, you know, you've seen it all. Like you said, you've, you've been around the block a couple of times. But for those listening, there are, you know, and particularly our tradie wives, right? Our accidental office managers, we love them. The um, Australia's economy, construction industry wouldn't be the same without them. What are some of your, what's some advice you would give them having been around that block and obviously moved from being heavily involved in the business to now working full time and just being able to watch from the sidelines? Yeah, 100%. Um, so when it comes to the trade business, uh, you know, my husband Craig started it before we had kids. So, you know, it, it's gone through the evolution. And I think this is a common story. So some tradie wives, you know, are with their partner, they might not be married, they might be in a de facto, they could be living together, they might not be, but some way or another, they get involved in, in the business, usually from an admin um, capacity. You know, without being a generalist, obviously, trades become trades for a very good reason. And it's not because they love paperwork. So the reality is, there's got to be someone else who's going to handle the day to day. And that generally falls on the head of the partner, sometimes because they want to and other times because you've got no other choice, can't afford to pay someone. So here, do this. Um, and I mean, 14 years is a decent amount of time. And 
it's interesting that we've gone from you know, complete paper-based type systems, triplicate carbon books, if anyone's out there that's old enough to remember what, the, what those are, um, to then sort of digitising the system and, and how that made a difference to both of our lives and, and obviously the lives of our staff as well. So I think um, if I was going to give just one nugget of, of truth with regards to, you know, the accidental office manager or the tradie wife is always speak your truth um, because sometimes, you know, our partners have this thing in their mind that because they're the trade and they're the expert in that field that they know exactly what's best when it comes to the business. But the reality is that as a tradie, you generally don't get taught how to run a business. And I think that's one of the failings of our current sort of education system as far as apprenticeships go. And very similarly with health and safety, it's not something that you get taught, it's something you get learned, you know, you learn on the job. And essentially, you generally make a whole heap of mistakes before you realise what the right way to do it is. Yeah. And I think in a partnership, what's really important is not to just sit by and go, yes, 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 and just do it even though you know it's not going to work or it's not the right way. Um, I guess to come up with some sort of expectation around your opinion um, mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that they have to take your opinion and action it every time, yeah. but I think it is important to have a two-way conversation um, and, and I definitely learned that the hard way. I didn't quite stand up for, for my opinion early on. Um, and then we, ma we made a significant amount of mistakes together as a partnership. And I think that's also important. So accountability, owning up when you know maybe you could have done something better and you stuffed up and it's caused a bit of a, um, you know, a financial strain most likely for, yeah. for the both of you. Yeah, excellent. Love it. Love it. Mm. So has a co. Let's get on to um, Hazard Co. Obviously, you've got your experience as a small business owner yourself. Um, Hazard Co is not so small. Hazard Co Australia, um, your role there. And, you know, let's have a chat about some of the basics in creating those daily habits to ensure a safe work environment. Yeah, sure. So, you know, alongside owning an electrical contracting business, once we ended up having kids, and I'm sure this is one of the things that most of um, the tradie wives can definitely appreciate is the flexibility, you know, in, in working in your own business can be great. Well, while the kids are much younger. Once it got to the point where one of my kids was in primary school and the others were sort of a little bit younger, I started to have, um, I guess, this a little bit of a reserve around what my goals were and, and what I was achieving because I, I did feel like the business was Craig's baby. Um, and, you know, I was part of the journey, but it wasn't really my passion project and I wanted something for myself. So I tried a few different things at that point. I couldn't quite find a job that would suit the flexibility that I had. So I needed something where I could pick the kids up from school at least a couple of days a week or, you know, still have the flexibility to go on excursions or do reading at, um, you know, in class. And so I fell into display hosting for a builder, local builder. Yep. And, you know, I loved it. Great. I could show people through beautiful houses, um, talk to them about their dream of home ownership. Turned out I was pretty good at it. So within six months, I became a new home sales consultant. And the builder that I was working for at the time was a sloping site specialist. Uh, yeah. And so I got a little bit of a passion for engineering and um, and you know, building and, and drawing the designs for the exact slope that they were building on. And then I ended up pretty much working full-time in, in that, um, 
you know, side of construction for a good five years before I moved into, into Hazako. Um, and I worked for some of the biggest builders in Australia. So I've seen, um, you know, I've seen what it's like in small business and I've seen what it's like in big business and I've loved the journey in both. But when I got approached for Hazako, there was something um, that really just ignited a passion in, inside me because I thought the concept behind what they were trying to achieve was pretty awesome. And because I had gone through the process of going through a paper-based system to, you know, a digital system for, you know, invoicing and, and JSAs and things like that, um, I thought, wow, this is pretty amazing. I, I, I definitely want to get involved in, in this. So I was the second employee at Hazako Australia, but our business originated in New Zealand. So New Zealand, um, you know, our creators were were two guys in the in construction industry, literally created Hazako at the pub. Um, <laughs> having all a great beer. ideas happen. <laughs> where all great ideas happen. Um, about 16 years ago, having, having a yarn at the pub and yeah. talking about how tricky it was to keep on top of OH&S, um, how complicated it all seemed, and they just didn't know where to start. And they were you know, a combination of residential and, and commercial at that time, the two co-founders. And what they created initially was um, flip cards. So flip cards with pictures um, that I guess represented hazards and risks and you would hang the flip cards on the temporary fence. Mm. Um, so it was a real visual representation yep. um, of, you know, making stuff simple. And yep. essentially that's where our tagline came from, um, which is, you know, effective simplicity. And then over time, we've we evolved into like training and, and other health and safety documentations and services. And about four years ago, we decided to go digital. So we created the application um, Hazako app and the Hazako hub, which is what our current product looks like. And then we crossed the ditch into Australia um, and started selling to residential construction um, trades and, and builders here to simplify their health and safety. Yeah, nice. I love it. Now, I've seen the app. I want to know where it was 20 years ago when I was, you know, having to do some of that sort of stuff as part of my role. But can you give everybody listening just a really quick snapshot on how it does make things easy, simple and keeps our accidental office manager sane? Yeah, 100%. Um, so I will um, preface this by saying that my husband uses it. So I use it in my own <laughs> business as well as breaking it to everybody else. Um, we basically have two types of membership. So we've got our trade membership, which really focuses on active safety management. So things like issuing your swims, doing toolbox talks, um, vehicle checks, site reviews, risk assessments, and obviously the most important one, reporting on incidents. And that's all done through the mobile application. And then we have our uh, sort of premium um, side of things, which is more around the bigger jobs. So usually builders, but we do have a few tradies who use it as well. Um, and that's creating what we call a site-specific safety plan. So it is a mandatory requirement um, across it, generally in residential building. Each state and territory has a different limit on when you have to have one. But essentially what it does is within two minutes, um, you can create a site-specific safety plan. It's digitally dispersed to all your subcontractors that are working on that particular job. Um, I know the people listening won't be able to see it, but you can see the hazard board sitting behind me. Yeah. It issues a hazard board with a QR code that goes out to site um, and anyone scanning onto the QR code will have visibility over that site-specific safety plan, but they can also interact with the other features within the app. So you could have your stubbies um, seeing your swims templates and issuing their own swims in real time on site, being able to see what's around them. So really, I guess, stripping back the need to overcomplicate 
um, regulation mm -hmm. and giving people the basic tools to make it safe. But when it comes down to like my principle on make safe, it really is one thing and that's communication. So really when you look at it, it's a, it's a communication tool. Yeah, I love it. And it is, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a really good system. And I just love how it's all, you know, we're all QR coding for the last few years now, right? We're used to it. So you just yeah. pull your phone out, off you go, we're all good. COVID, I guess COVID had some positives for us, um, but we were QR coding before COVID. So we were, we were the original, the OG when it comes to QR codes. I guess when you're looking at our system, um, the other thing that I guess is a huge plus, well, there's two things, is the content. So yeah. we create all the content for you. So all the templating, everything that's legally required is already embedded in the app. So you need absolutely zero um, knowledge on OH&S to actually use the system and be compliant. Um, but also the people. So it, it's a digital system, absolutely, but we have a team of advisors, so health and safety advisors that are available for our members um, at a drop of a hat. And they also do our 24 seven incident support. So if you are in a situation where you're unluckily and lucky enough to actually experience an incident on your job site, mm -hmm. um, you can call our advisors and get them to step you through the processes with your local regulator and, and what needs to come next. And we also do proactive call as well. So even on the minor jobs, if you issue it through the app, our advisors will call you and just check in and see how things are going. So I know our members um, really value that part of our membership. It's, um, so it sits outside, obviously, the digital side, but, you know, it's important to have that support, both, you know, tech support and advisory support. And, and our, our small businesses, micro, small, even some of our larger ones that builders that might be doing 80 to 100 homes a year, you know, they might be Queensland based, but they don't have that head office, right, in inverted commas in Sydney or Melbourne or Adelaide or wherever else. And it can be you know, it can be a lot to take in, a lot of data, a lot of legislation, but having something like this cuts through all of that. We basically tell our members that it's like having a health and safety advisor in your yeah. back pocket. So, yeah. you know, a double entendre, the back pocket being <laughs> your phone is in your back pocket, but also the fact that you can pick yeah. up the phone and call our advisors and actually have, so instead of having to staff, have an extra staff member, you can use the system and then use our experts for those nitty gritty situations that you're not quite sure how to handle yeah um and you know the reality is like i know from when we were doing you know a paper-based version if i just look at one element so let's just talk safe work method statements for example swims you know it's a mandatory requirement for most trades who are doing high-risk construction work it's a major pain in everyone's butt um we used to do triplicates so it'd be you know carbon copy book and the boys yeah. would take it out on site and tick all the boxes and you know write their comments and sign off on it and a lot of the jobs that we were doing at the time, um, you had to supply the swims with your invoice. So if you didn't supply your swims, you didn't get paid. Now, when you're running a paper business, what does that mean? It means that you have to get your crew to come back to the office either every day or once a week to submit all of their paperwork in one go. And then you've got to sit there scanning it all in and, and emailing it to whoever you've got to email it to. And if your crew are anything like my crew, it usually <laughs> comes in a scrunched up, uh, where is the swims for this site? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw it somewhere. Yeah. And then it will be like, you know, a ball of mess yeah. that they've ironed out, um, you know, with the ketchup or, you know, tomato sauce sprayed over the front of it. It's like fantastic. This um, this looks professional. Um, <laughs> guess I'll have to submit it because I've only got this copy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, having 
you know, digitizing has so many other benefits as well. Um, just makes life more efficient. It means that whoever's overseeing the admin can really just go to one spot and see everything that they need. They don't have to chase the guys, it's automatic. So as soon as they submit in the app, it just appears yeah. um, in the control center. So it's very simple to see where, where we're missing documentation. It removes about 50% of admin time when it comes to health and safety by digitizing. Yeah, no, I think it's great. It's something that, uh, yeah, is is really important in the industry and just to make sure that, you know, it ticks all those boxes for us, right? We're not having to go and find everything or, like you say, go and find that triplicate book that's rolling around in the back of the ute with whatever else is on it. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think about whatever else is on it, Amanda. <laughs> no, no, that's right. <laughs> Now, you were talking before about, you gave us all examples of the roles that you've had while having a young family and now it has a go, but what are some of the tips or maybe not tips, but conversations in around that juggling of work and family, you know? Yeah, it's, I think one of the hardest things, um, look for, for women and, and let's be fair, parents um, in general. I think sometimes it's a little harder for women um, just because we generally take on the the responsibility of children if we have family or pets, if you're a fur mum. And, you know, we generally put a decent amount of self-expectation on ourselves. So I think the hardest thing with juggling is um, setting clear boundaries. And I know that we struggled as a family initially because we didn't have a premises. So we were working out of our homes. Um, so it was really hard to create a boundary where the workday is finished and now it's time for family time. Often the lines got blurred. I mean, even to the point where, you know, when we had young kids and we were trying to have date nights and we'd get someone to come look after the kids so we could purposely go out on our own and try and have some adult time inevitably you'd be you know at the Thai, local Thai restaurant and the first thing that would come out of one of your mouths was did you invoice that job for what happened with Pete and so and so and it's like oh my god let's yeah. so it got to the point where we actually set rules where we weren't allowed to talk about the kids and we weren't allowed to talk about work um it was really hard <laughs> it was really hard initially particularly when I didn't have another job because all we knew was our business um and and our kids so to try and you would almost do homework before you had date night it was like okay what 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 tv show can I watch or podcast can I listen to to yeah. find out some nugget of information that might start a conversation with my husband it's like <laughs> this shouldn't be this hard uh, but I think you know it was those small those small bits and pieces that happen on a daily that you you start to realize you really do need to have you know just because it's a family business and you're working with your partner doesn't mean you can't set expectations or boundaries um, and I guess going back to that conversation we had earlier around really speaking your piece or making sure that you're heard um, you know that was something that took almost 10 years for me um, you know even once I'd started working outside of the business to really you know gather the best way to do that whether it was you know this is our this is you know without sounding corny yeah. but this is our safe space like if yeah. I if we're talking here this means we listen to each other and we don't interrupt each other and we just listen to what each other has to say and then we come together and try and negotiate on the best way forward um, and it really wasn't until I'm you know I, I'm going to say I made a massive mistake but it was it was both of our mistakes and we took ownership for that mistake that we really started to realize that we were in it together and we needed to you know communicate as such so it comes back to that you know back to the c word got to communicate 
Absolutely. Like, and you were talking about, you know, that we take on those, as women, we take on those extra pressures and those sorts of things. Can it be something, and I'm going to say as simple in inverted commas, as maybe it's getting someone to mow the yard. Maybe it's getting someone to do the house cleaning or the ironing or whatever it is, you know, setting those boundaries where six o'clock hits or five o'clock, whatever it is. And particularly when you're working and living in the same space, you know, there's no more conversation over the dinner table about what's happening from that invoicing point of view. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's where, you know, we definitely, we made space. So obviously it depends on your home as well. But if you've got the capacity to make a space that is the office, it makes it easier to have that physical boundary. And I know a lot of people during COVID lockdown, I'm obviously based in Victoria. So we had a very long stint Mm -hmm. of being locked in our homes and working from home. You know, some people I'd talk to and they would get dressed as if they were going to the office walk outside their house and then walk back in their house and yeah. that was you know t- to physically I guess represent their work day and they would do the same at the end of the day just to prove that my day is over and now it's family time or now it's my relaxed time I think it's really important if you don't have the space to sort of cordon off at an office and you're working from like the kitchen bench don't worry you're not alone there's lots of lots of people out there doing the same thing then it just becomes like a time boundary or a have something physically representing the day is done. So if you're working on a laptop, for example, closing the laptop lid and putting it on a shelf or something so you're not tempted to go reopen it. Um, And then just setting boundaries within the team itself. So if you're lucky enough to have, you know, people working with you outside of your partner, really just setting those expectations right at the beginning and going, look, I'm here for you whenever you need me. However, when it comes to X, Y, Z, I'm available between nine and five, Monday, Wednesday and Friday outside of that call me only if it's urgent um so that you really have that clear you know expectation that the whole team is completely aware of and then you don't feel like you're constantly on a on a hamster wheel yeah constantly on yeah 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 excellent and that's for anybody really um (laughs) not 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 just trading wise but definitely definitely helps no, I love it. Now, as we wrap, we're going to wrap up shortly, but I wanted to um, have a quick chat about your favourite quote. I do love it. I think I need to borrow it as well. But magic is believing in yourself. If you can do that, you can make anything happen. Correct. Love it. And I definitely, I, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, but yeah, I feel as women, we, yeah, we are our, our own worst critique. Um, often we will think we're not doing a good job, even though we are doing a good job. Um, you know, a lot of people will, they've coined the term imposter syndrome. Um, but I think it's something that is pretty common, uh, with females because we just tend to, yeah, set, set up the bar really high. Um, and it, and if we don't quite make it, we sort of put ourselves down or, um, you know, think that we're not worthy of the position that we've earned. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, and so much, you know, very common in the tradie wife space because often we're teaching ourselves how to do something. And that's where communities like yourself yeah. um, are so important because you can, you get to see other women and see what they're doing and realize that you're actually doing a great job or that you can help other women because you've learned something, yeah. um, you know, in, in the time that you've had. And so I think, yeah, I really love the quote because I am one of those people. I, you know, you know, I hate to use the word perfectionist, but I kind of am. I, I, I'm nitty gritty. I'm attention to detail, and if I don't get every little bit right, I get upset at myself. Um, and it's taken a long time for me to, like, scale it back and go. I don't have to do everything. I don't have to be super mum. My house can be dirty. 
Um, I thought it'd get better as my kids get older, but for, for the ladies listening who have young kids, um, unfortunately, all hope is gone. It actually gets worse. <laughs> at, least um, at least they don't have I, to worry about that now, right? <laughs> that yeah. But I definitely, you know, I, I used to be one of those people who had the display home. It was like everything had a place and everything, you know, and I'd almost kill myself at the end of the day trying to tidy everything. I've just gotten to the point where you just have to let something slide. Um, and, you know, we're all lucky to be alive. So don't sweat the little things and just appreciate the bits that you've you've got because, you know, at any one point in time, it could be over and you don't want to have wasted it. Well, the dishes will wait till tomorrow, right? Go and read a book to your daughter or son. 100%. Yeah, yeah I'm reading Harry Potter at the moment. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, it's a good, good nighttime read. <laughs> kids are loving it. Yeah, cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, thank you very much, Vanessa. It's been a great chat. Um, I'm sure everybody listening has um, taken a little something away with them, even if it is to, you know, don't worry about the dishes and not sweating the small stuff and, yeah, just enjoying the moment and where we're at. So fantastic 100% thank you so much for having me and yeah more than happy for anyone to um, reach out on LinkedIn if you like Vanessa Lambert but also if you're interested in learning more about Hazico how we can help your business please www.hazico.com or call us 1-800-954-702 fantastic and we will put all those links in the podcast when we share it as well fantastic thanks so much Amanda it's been an absolute pleasure no worries thanks everybody listening and have a great day